This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 4160 for Friday, the 12th of July, 2024. Today's show is entitled Pass Keys. It is part of the series Privacy and Security. It is hosted by Ahu Khan and is about 18 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is we take a look at pass keys and ask if this is what you should be using. Hello, this is Ahuka welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting episode uh, in our ongoing series on security and privacy. And today I want to take a look at one of the things that is starting to get some attention in the news, um, and you've probably heard about it, something called passkeys. Um, and I want to take a look at what they are and also some suggestions as to whether or not that's something you might want to get involved with at this point. Uh, so let's let's see what we go. Um, now, as we all know uh, by this point, I, I hope we all know this, there are serious problems with the model of authentication on the internet today, which is based on usernames and passwords. Now, it seems that on a nearly daily basis, we hear of another site being hacked and user credentials being stolen. To help guard against password thefts, we are advised to create long and random passwords that resist brute force cracking, something like capital F, lowercase yw, two, one, uppercase I, seven, uppercase V, lowercase ft, uppercase W, uppercase Y, uppercase D, uppercase Y, eight, lowercase t, lowercase s, capital T, capital R. Now this is a very good password, uh, which I had KeyPassX generate for me. But such a password, while resistant to cracking, cannot possibly be remembered, particularly when you consider that best practices dictate you have a similar but completely different password for every site you visit. Now, I appear to have something on the order of 400 passwords for different sites, so memorizing is completely out of the question. That means we have to implement a password manager. For a long time, LastPass was a leading provider of this, but now we have reports of hackers targeting LastPass and getting access to the encrypted databases of people's passwords and cracking those, obviously because for one reason or another, the encryption was not good enough. The main targets appear to be password vaults of people with large cryptocurrency accounts that can be stolen, but in principle, any attack on password managers is bad. Now, to provide some added measure of protection, the next step generally is to employ some kind of two-factor authentication, but that is an added hurdle to the consumer who just wants to log on and do some business. And they're different in how they are implemented and how secure they are. Many of them involve sending a text message to a phone, and the, me- the message contains a code number to authenticate you. But we know that text messages are not secure, and often phones are not secure, so this is not the ideal answer either. In the final analysis, password-based authentication is a bad idea, and we should drop it in favor of a more secure alternative, and that is where passkeys come in. They are proposed as a better way to authenticate people over the Internet. But how good are they? 
Well, a starting point for all of this comes from something called the FIDO Alliances, F-I-D-O. Uh, that's an indus industry group of the usual suspects. The executive council contains representatives from Google, Microsoft, Apple, and Intel, among others. And the broader board contains many executives from other companies, Amazon, IBM, you know, you can fill in the blanks on that. Um, you can see a complete list um, on their website. I put a link in the show notes so you can see who all these people are. The other player here is the World Wide Web Consortium, uh, and they have something called WebAuthn, um, A-U-T-H-N. Um, it's, in fact, run by people from many of the same companies. <laughs> so, you know, is it a separate player? I don't know about that exactly. Not entirely. Now you can see the current W3C recommendation and the editors and contributors at a, play, a link that I put in the show notes. So anyway, what did all of these industry people come up with? Well, in my view, it is not anything revolutionary. The basic technology is just our old friends, public and private key pairs, which we've looked at before and which are really the only reasonable technology to use for secure communication on the internet, at least at this point. Done properly, this should be quite sufficient, but the devil, as always, is in the details. So, a brief recap. Uh, we've talked about this before, but public key, private key is a technology that uses some algorithm, such as the RSA or elliptic curve, to generate two linked files that have the property that each file can decrypt a message encrypted by the other file. Now, one of these files is usually designated as public and the other as private. That part's pretty arbitrary. Either one will work in either role. Now, we first looked at this in the context of email, and I put links in the show notes to some of the past shows and things where we've talked about that. It underlies TLS connections to websites, SSH logins to remote servers, among other uses. In other words, this is very fundamental technology for secure communication at this time. So the idea that this underlies the proposed passkey solution is not a particularly surprising thing. Now, as to how it all works, this is where it can get tricky. Now, when we talk about a passkey, we're not talking about anything physical, like a USB security dongle. Now, these do exist, and YubiKey is a good example of one. I put a link in the show notes if you are interested in getting a YubiKey. They cost around 50 50 to 60 dollars right now um, it works well um, you would insert it in the USB port of your com of your computer when you want to log into a website now this means you have to have that YubiKey with you at all times and that means you're in danger of losing it it's, so it's it's not an unvarnished good uh, but it, it can in some circumstances be a good idea uh, now, the thing is, though, it is cumbersome, and it, the mass audience is not interested. And it's very clear that the FIDO Alliance has given up on physical dongles, good as that may be for security. 
Instead, a passkey is a blob of random data generated on your device and then registered with the website. This is a unique blob for each site and each device in general, so it improves security because passkeys cannot be reused the way passwords frequently are. But you potentially have a problem here. Um, the original specification for this was it was device to site. So if you had a smartphone, a laptop, a tablet, and a desktop, well, you'd actually need to create four separate passkeys because the link is not between you and the website, but between the device and the website. Now, they've come up with multi-site, uh, multi-device passkeys, but those have issues as well. Um, and it has to do with storing it in the cloud. We'll talk about that in a moment. Now, this process is really designed around phones, and that's very clear from, you know, when you start reading how all this is supposed to work. Now, if the phone is, if your phone is the only thing that you use to interact with the internet, this is actually not a bad solution, although still with some problems. Um, now, the username password model we have all been using for decades is about something you know, which is, of course, your username and password. Now, you can memorize this, keep it in a physical notebook, store it in a password manager, or whatever. It has its drawbacks, of course. Since that information can be obtained by hackers, such as through an exploit against a website that stored this information. But it also has advantages. Uh, on one of my trips, I needed to print out a ticket to a show, and that ticket existed only as a PDF file in my email account. Well, what was I to do? All right, I was traveling in an RV at the time, so you know I didn't have a printer. I didn't have a desktop computer. So what happens is I went into a library. This was in Tucson, Arizona, because these days most libraries have computers for the use of the public. I could log into my email on this computer, bring up the PDF file, and for about 10 cents I printed it out. Problem solved. Uh, with a passkey, it's a little bit different. Uh, with the passkey, I'm supposed to hit the login for the site, and the site will then send me a message encrypted with the public side of the key pair. Then my private side of the key pair decrypts the message, and I'm in. I never need to enter a username or a password. I may be asked to provide a second factor, such often like a fingerprint or face recognition. And again, you see how this is implicitly assuming a phone. All of this works great on a phone, but I would hit a wall trying to get that print out in the library. Now, there are, as I mentioned, multi-device passkeys, but they have to be stored in the cloud if they're going to be of any use. Um, so, you know, that much should be obvious, but what kind of cloud service? The first answer is password manager. Now, I looked up, and I've put links in the show notes to all three of these. One password, Bitwarden, and LastPass all support the storing of multi-device passkeys. Um, and if you want to read up on any of those, again, link in the show notes. 
Now, Apple and Google also do so in a way that is somewhat convenient, but it also involves vendor lock-in, which of course both companies love to do. How much of a problem this is may be debatable, since in my experience, a large number of people tend to sort themselves into one or the other ecosystem. Uh, there may be a few people who are using iPhones and Chromebooks together, but I suspect that if you use an iPhone, you'll use a MacBook, and similarly for people in the Android Chrome ecosystem. Now, I'm someone who has an Android phone and a Chromebook, and I know it's just much more convenient to stick within one camp. I can use all of the same apps, for instance. Now, there are definite advantages to passkeys. Being built around encryption, they are inherently safer. We recently discussed the hack of LastPass that gave hackers access to people's password vaults. Those vaults are encrypted, of course, but this is an arms race. What served as good encryption five years ago is now a lot weaker as the technology of decryption has advanced. But if you had pass keys in your LastPass account, decrypting the vault is only the very first hurdle all of the pass keys themselves would then have to be decrypted. And in the scenario they were designed for, they are definitely very convenient. To illustrate, right now if I go to a website on my phone, I have to put in a username and a password. Now, I may remember the username, I don't always, but let's assume I do. But being security conscious, I have created long, strong, and random passwords, like the one I started this episode with. So that means I have to use my password manager. But it seems that whenever this comes up for me, my password manager, which is LastPass, is not already open. So I have to use my LastPass password to unlock my password vault. All right, so that has to be one that I've memorized. But I have set up two-factor authentication for added security, and that is also on my phone. So the first thing LastPass is going to do is hand me go to another app to get my two-factor authentication code, copy it, and return to LastPass to paste it in. And then if everything went well, I might be able to log into that website. With passkeys... If I'm logged into my phone, whether by my fingerprint, face recognition, or a PIN code, the passkey automatically logs me in. It really could not be simpler. Another benefit of passkeys, there are no shared secrets. Many websites do not handle passwords the right way. To illustrate, a fundamental property of good encryption is that the hashed binary blob created bears no traceable resemblance to the input. But how many times have you encountered a site that says certain characters are not allowed in a password? To me, that is a strong indication that they are not hashing the passwords, which means there are definite security problems with the site. And that is frequently the case when you hear stories about a site getting attacked and millions of passwords getting stolen. Now, as to why that happens, you know, sometimes the answer is, well, it's legacy systems. Um, or I think as often as not, security is just not something companies care about. With passkeys, there is nothing shared. The website only has the public side of the key pair, and that was always intended to be publicly accessible. People print 
public keys on their websites so that people can other people can communicate with them securely. So the hackers are welcome to it. It's useless to them. Your private key is still with you. Now, pass keys are getting pushed strongly by FIDO and the major internet companies. So we're definitely headed in a direction like this, but there's still a lot of obstacles. When you bring in corporate accounts, it gets even hairier. For instance, does your pass key to a corporate account live in your password manager or other online account? We're in a corporate supplied wallet. And what if one of your private pass keys, like say Facebook, gets added to the corporate wallet? There's still a lot of issues to work through here. And are support lines ready for calls from people who lost their pass keys? That's a different kettle of fish from resetting your password. Now, you know, in a scenario like this, dropping your phone in the toilet could mean a lot more than you're just out a pile of cash. It could mean you are locked out of every account you have. Now, for this reason, even the places that support passkeys generally support username and password as a backup. Right now, for an individual user, what I plan to do and what I recommend to people <laughs> is to use a password manager Configure it to be secure. Have long, strong passwords and employ two-factor authentication. And that's still pretty good security. Now, when I say configure it to be secure, I've already discussed this in the context of LastPass, which is what I use. And, you know, you have to, in other words, you can't just sign up to a, a password manager and then say, okay, I've solved that problem. Um, what I did with LastPass, I dug into the documentation and figured out, oh, um, I can start making changes to the default. Um, and every change you make to the default increases your security. So, you know, I can, you know, I can do things like say how many rounds of encryption it's going to take to encrypt my, uh, my file and, and stuff like that. You know, getting away from the default Mag, you know, multiplies your security. But, you know, you've got to actually take the effort to get in there and, and figure some of that stuff out. So, anyway, this is uh, a hookah for Hacker Pub Public Radio um, signing off and as always encouraging you to support free software. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.